the big silence, empowering personal experiences, inspiring compassion, and healing lives. We are no longer silent. We are here. The Big Silence. Hello and welcome to the Big Silence podcast. I am your host, Karina Dawn. I'm a mental health advocate, wellness entrepreneur, and co-founder of the leading women's fitness community, Tone It Up. I'm also a New York Times bestselling author and founder of the nonprofit, The Big Silence Foundation. I'm also a wife, daughter, friend, and yes, palm mom of five. And just like you, I'm a work in progress. I have experienced profound grief and trauma and then found deep joy in life. And now I'm here to share my story, be a safe space for you to share yours. And we're having in-depth conversations with psychologists, doctors, spiritual leaders, friends, and others who have been impacted directly or indirectly by a mental health condition. No more embarrassment, no more shame, no holding back, only healing. Let's go! Mental health is my wealth, the stress up on the shelf. Nobody can love me the way I love myself. Seek and ye shall find the truth and the light. I'm living my purpose, so I sleep good at night. No more depression or spiritual recession. And every day that I wake up, it's a blessing. So breathe in, breathe out. Everybody in the house know what I'm talking about. The big silence, the big silence. And we're here at the Big Silence Podcast. My name is Bobby Goldstein, and this year is Karina Dawn. I'm going to let you lead this intro. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I, you know, that silence was just so powerful. <laughs> I just had to come in here. What's cracking? Oh, not much. Happy to have you here. Oh, I can silence. see it. I can feel that body language really is just saying <clears throat> really into you. Let me tell you a little something about Bobby this week. What? <laughs> Why do you look so scared? Bobby was dirt biking. And he decided to go out on the trails behind our house the day after a tarantula <laughs> downpour. There was no tarantula. You ever read that book uh, where it like uh, rains meatballs? No. Yeah. Well, it's it's fake. Along <laughs> with a tarantula rainstorm. Okay. But you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Torrential. Yes. yes. I like tarantula because we're in Texas. Tarantulas are big. You might like was, to say it, but you wouldn't like to experience it. Yeah. <laughs> so he goes out the morning after on the dirt bike trails behind our house, full of mud, mm-hmm. slippery rocks, mm-hmm. and then runs into a tree, comes mm-hmm. in. He's like, will you give me a massage? Mm-hmm. I said, no. Yes. <laughs> And then I booked you a massage. But then the, later that day, mm-hmm. you, like a child, got into uh, poison ivy. Yeah. So Bobby's been booted out of the house, mm-hmm. covered in poison ivy. Yeah, I got to say, I've been having a great night of sleep these past couple of days. Um, you and Tiki? Yeah, it's been really fantastic. This poison ivy thing's not all so bad. <laughs> all right, so we are we as in me. Just got mm-hmm. done doing an interview with today's guest, the fitness marshal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sign me up. Yeah. And he's from Indiana. My goodness. I know. So much in tune with each other. And he went to IU. Mm-hmm. So did your it? dad. 
No. No, your dad went to Ball State. Yeah, my dad dad went to Purdue. Purdue. Okay. <laughs> One of the three. Not Notre my, Dame. <laughs> well, no, there's a fourth. Ball State. My sister went to. So there's in Indiana, there's Notre Dame, Ball State, IU, mm. Purdue. Yeah, I was saying one of the three of like yeah. IU, Ball State. Anyways, before you guys click us off, let's talk about Caleb. Action-packed <laughs> intro. <laughs> but he's so much fun. So I met him years ago at an event. And then my sister, Rachel, had sent me his videos during pandemic because she mm -hmm. was doing his dance videos. Mm -hmm. Like, I love him because he makes fitness fun. Which is I've heard about that. <laughs> Tone it up. I, I was going to say, oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. And you guys should do a little collab. I feel like I say that a lot. Yeah, I would love to. My God. Working out with Caleb well, and Tone It Up Girls, that'd be awesome. Breaking news here. What? He's going on tour in January 2023, and I'm going to make him come to Austin. Really? Yeah. So mm. Fitness marshal. Mm-hmm. Whip us into shape. <laughs> While having fun. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, I love this story. On the mental health side, he has suffered from AD. HD mm -hmm. for most of his life. And so we really dive deep into what that looks like growing up with it, being diagnosed and how he handles it in his fitness career and in life and relationship. So it was a really good conversation. Thank you, Caleb. And um, you're my new BFF. I say that after every podcast. I'm like, I have a new friend. I know. I know. <laughs> Legitimately. <laughs> All right. Enjoy the app. Bye. All right, welcome to the podcast, Caleb Marshall, aka the Fitness Marshall. Woo! Woo! Best hype man ever. <laughs> okay, we just were talking before this, and we met. It had to have been like five years ago at an event in mm -hmm. LA. Yes. So yes, there's we have men by one of my favorite vodka companies. I know. Okay, I was telling you, I said anywhere there's <laughs> vodka, there's me. So of course. We should have had shots before this. <laughs> I know. Although I am drinking coffee. Okay. So like you got, I got to start with coffee. I know it's, oh, well, it is much earlier there in LA. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm in so, yeah. Oh, we are in. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, so it's like what? Noon where you it's are. One an hour yeah. So it's, and it's one, it's central time there. Yeah. And it's almost, in my mind, Texas is next to Los Angeles. Yeah. In some people's minds, Texas is the Midwest, which speaking of, you're from Indiana. Yes. So am I. Yes. No. Yes. What? Yeah. So you're from Marion, Indiana. I was born in Peru, Indiana. Do you know? Are you kidding me? No. That's crazy. Yeah. That's so crazy. I had no idea. Yeah. What a small world. Yeah. So then I was born in Peru, Indiana, and then I moved to Indianapolis, Indiana. And then when I was 18, I moved to L.A. Wait, when did you move to Indianapolis? I was in like first grade, maybe. Oh my God, that's crazy. My fiance is from Indianapolis. Ah! That was the, that's the big city. That's, that's like we have big. to go to Best Buy. That's like we have to go out to like the nice theater. You're going to take an hour and a half drive to Indianapolis. Oh yeah. Have the you Circle been? Center Mall. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. The Fountain Downtown, the Circle oh, Center. Oh yeah. Have you been to Peru, Indiana? I don't think so. Most people haven't. Supposedly, it's the circus capital of the world. Huh. 
Maybe I have been. I I went to so many circuses when I was a kid. So maybe I've been. I mean, I grew up and we didn't have playgrounds, but we had train tracks and abandoned trains. So Mm -hmm. that was my playground. So next time you go back to Marion... Head up to I, you know what, I really I really don't go back to Marion anymore. When did you move? Like I have family yeah. that's there, but I'm like come to Indianapolis, just like yeah. come come to me. Yeah. So but I moved to LA like seven years ago. Okay, fun. And is that when? Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, I want to. So you're engaged. I am. Congrats! Yeah. Congrats! Thank you, thank you. And when is that? Big... Was a long time coming. Yeah. When's the big wedding? Um, that's a great question. And originally we were, in, we got engaged in July of 21 and we were going to, we were like, we're going to get married, you know, within the year. And then we were like, Oh, but wait, we really want a house. Like maybe we should pay for a down payment instead of a wedding right now. So we just kept putting it off. But right now I think it's going to be in March, but we're just like really enjoying one. We're just enjoying being engaged. Mm-hmm. We're enjoying having a new home like that. I think we're really just prioritizing our relationship and our happiness over kind of like everyone else's expectations of our wedding, which I'm really excited to share that with some people. But I really like personally don't feel the need to have like a big extravaganza. Also, I'm like crazy shy when it comes to big events like that, like centered around Mm -hmm. me. Yeah. Like I love performing and being on stage, but like having a bunch of people come to my wedding for some reason gives me so much anxiety. (laughs) But I yeah. that's something for me to work on. Yeah. Yeah. That goes back to your anxiety, which we'll get to. But I want to talk about your fitness first and your fitness mm-hmm. journey. Do you know? So I remember meeting you at the Kettle One Botanicals event in LA. Yes. And then my sister, who is executive director for the Big Silence, she lives in Indianapolis. And she sent me your videos on YouTube like so long ago, maybe during the pandemic or something and she was working out to you and she's like I love him I do his workouts every day after work (laughs) and I was like that's amazing and I sent it to Katrina I'm like I freaking love him I think we've met him before but yeah so my (laughs) sister brought you back into my my scope and um, she still does your workouts on YouTube and oh my god so thank you for motivating tell her. I her. Said, tell her I Just said hi. Hi, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So how did you get into fitness? Like how what when did that journey start and why? Short answer is I never really wanted to get into fitness. I felt like it really wasn't for me, especially like when I was younger, my parents tried to kind of like force fitness classes onto me. And I was like, oh, this is awful. Rebellion. And I got to rebellion, yeah. And so I got to college and I grew up kind of performing in like show choir and theater. And I was really missing being on stage. And so I started talking or taking these dance fitness classes in college. And I just really fell in love with getting to like perform and express myself. And then I had this awakening where I was like, whoa, I thought all exercise had to like be really terrible and like suck, but I am having so much fun doing this thing. And so it really just became about me having a great time and performing. And, and feeling like a superstar. And then I just so happened to get a great workout from that. And so I was, I slowly became a teacher in college just for fun. And I was always ingrained with this idea that whatever you're doing 
for your job has to be like very serious and whatever you're doing for fun, like clearly you can't make money from that. Clearly that that just has to be a hobby. And I was graduating college. Everyone was going off to do their big jobs. And I had this realization that like, I hated what I went to school for. Like I didn't want to, I didn't hate it, but I didn't necessarily want to be a, a video producer, which is what I went to school for. And I had this realization that like the only thing that makes me happy are these dance fitness classes. And so I was going through the worst time of my life mental health wise. I went through a terrible breakup um, my senior year of college. I had a terrible time at the internship that I thought I was going to work at. And I said, okay, I'm just going to put all of my energy into the thing that I love most and see what happens. And so my senior year, I created a YouTube channel. I put all the dances that I was already doing at my college onto YouTube and put like, I put camo pants on and called myself a fitness marshal, made a brand. And by the time I graduated within eight months, had a hundred thousand subscribers on YouTube. And I realized that this is what I meant to do. This is, this is what brings me joy. And at that time I was still making no money, but what it did for my mental health and just refocusing and taking me out of the absolute darkness to try to do something that brought not only me joy, but other people joy. I mean, it was just this whole awakening of this is my purpose. I love that. And even kind of some similarities with Tone It Up, like Kat and I wanted to take fitness and make it fun again (laughs) because Mm -hmm. I feel like everything was so serious and you can be fit and laugh and mess up and, you know, you do it perfectly. And so I love that. And also then for the mental health, I'm sure... So you have struggled, you've mentioned before in some interviews with depression, anxiety. So do you think that kind of moving your body and then also giving back to other people because your energy you give to your audience and those that are doing your workouts, does that help you? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, it's been life-changing. I would say that it's, again, mental health is not something that you get over or that you just fix. It's something that I've realized I'm going to live my whole life with some form of anxiety with, with ADHD. Um, and, and that's just, that's, that's my cross to bear. I was just talking to my therapist about it yesterday, but what exercise is and specifically dancing for me is tools to help alleviate that stress. It makes this like 50 pound weight that I carry turn into a 15 pound weight sometimes. And I think it's all about the journey and not trying to, for me, expect this 30 minute dance class to fix me, but this 30 minute dance class to give me enough joy, to get me through my day, to give me happy moments, happy interactions, good memories, um, endorphins. And it's all about, I think it's all about that. And so, yeah, it's been revolutionary in a way to really help me get out of myself. And when I'm in this dark place, when thoughts are spinning, just taking a beat and going and dancing and remembering that life isn't that serious is, is really a great tool. It's like meditation. It's just another form. Um, it's just another tool in your tool belt. Yeah. I'd like to deep dive into ADHD as it applies to you, because that is one of the questions that I get a lot is having an episode really talking about it, what it's like having it and living with it and what it feels like. And maybe even starting back when you were a little kid and not because you got diagnosed with it when you were an adult, but what was it like? You've done your research. Wow. You know, the interweb has, I know everything about you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh. I mean, it's, 
I feel like the ADHD is, has been difficult for me just because I kind of, I mean, we grew up in Indiana. My family was, I mean, uh, they're wonderful, but they also were kind of, they, they were like the get over it. It's not real. You're doing fine type thing. And so I never thought that anything was actually like different about me. I knew something was different about me, but I, it wasn't something that my family really like dealt with or but that why, I was given tools to cope with. Why did you feel different? I, I think the hardest thing for me was just the day-to-day being a human being, being a person, the executive function is what I struggle with so much. It feels like sometimes I'm just trapped in my brain and everyone else is like in on something that I am not. It's almost like I'm behind this glass wall and it's things that come naturally to so many people like tasks, like when say you're organizing a room, this goes here, you do step one, step two, step three. In my brain, all the steps are kind of like jumbled and I have no idea how to prioritize it or how to do what, where. And so some, so sometimes it makes me feel like, it makes me feel like a phone that needs like a software update. I'm like, I am just, something's different about me and I'm not getting it. And it's really hard because it makes me, it always made me feel really dumb. And, and, and it made me feel like I was less capable than. So I really leaned in when I was a child because I didn't know what it was. I leaned into my creativity. I leaned into my personality. I talked about this with my therapist. It was like, you were forced to develop your personality and your social skills in order to cope with the, the shortcomings that you had in day-to-day function because I was able to get extra help. I was able to sweet talk the teachers. I was able to charm as my way of getting by with things that I probably shouldn't have gotten by with. And I just always grew up learning to adapt. I mean, that also goes with being gay as well. Like I was just a chameleon. I was constantly figuring out how to survive in the environment that I was in. And I didn't realize that maybe everyone else wasn't trying so hard or, or having to develop all these skills to, to, you know, to get by. Yeah. So I have Emily over here. She's nodding her head. <laughs> so Emily also, <laughs> she's diagnosed with ADHD and she's over there like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> you were growing up in Indiana. Your parents were like, you know, you're fine. You know, it's Indiana. I get it. You know, <laughs> and it's back. What year was this? Oh my gosh. I'll t- I remember being in middle school. It was probably middle school, like 2007. That's when I was in seventh or eighth grade. That's when I remember Brittany was having a hard time. I remember that you're very clearly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did you just say Brittany was having a hard time? Yeah. I just- I, like the, my, <laughs> my memories in my brain are categorized by Britney Spears eras. I'm like, what was she doing during in, in the zone? Oh, I was in, okay, elementary school, middle school. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. What's that? Wait, hold on. I need to bring up a Britney moment and see if you have a memory to it. I don't know much. Okay. When she shaved her head, where were you? Oh gosh, I was, I remember I was in my mom's living room and it was on the TV and no one understood. And also her album was like leaking at that time, her blackout album. And all the kids at school were making fun of her. And I was like, these tracks are so good. You guys are sleeping on this new album. And they were because it's her best album. Anyways. (laughs) I love this. I'm going to have Katrina listen to this. So Kat, the other part of Tone It Up, she's, you two can just talk about Britney all day. (laughs) All right. So you are growing up and, you know, there's something different about you and nothing is, you know, I want to preface this, like 
ADHD has become your superpower and, you know, living with it, like everything that you can, can accomplish. But I want to go through that timeline of when you finally decided to see if you could get a diagnosis. Uh, it was in college. It was, I feel like college is the first time that I really felt like I could be myself without external factors or without trying to please, especially the people in my um, immediate family or in my hometown. It just was really a space for me to be free. And I was getting by in college. But again, it was just like, this is harder, I think, than it should be. And so I I got my own doctor at that time because I was with my family's doctor for a long time. And I went and I filled out this questionnaire and they were like, oh, wow, like this, like you, are you, you haven't been diagnosed before. <laughs> and it's just funny because everyone around me, it's, it was so clear. And so I remember that diagnosis was really liberating because I felt like just knowing that there was a reason why my brain worked the way it did was so powerful. And that was really the start of me taking charge of my mental health. And it, it had been a long journey since then. And that was really just step one was accepting that, okay, this is what I have. Was it a relief when you got a diagnosis? Or was, yeah. 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 Yeah, it was. Because I mean, just, just knowing what to call something and not mm -hmm. feeling like you are crazy or you're broken without explanation is so powerful. Because I didn't take the diagnosis and I was like, okay, well, I have ADHD. So I just like, oh, I'm, my quality of life's just down here. I can't accomplish much. I was like, okay, now I know what's going on. How do I use it to my advantage? How do I make it my superpower? I've never been someone who's taken a burden or taken something they've been going through and let it drag me down. I mean, I will for a second, but I've always used whatever I'm going through to propel me. I think that is my superpower is taking all that like dark energy and making something kind of bright and shiny out of it. I love that perspective. And I think that's so important for people to hear because we all go through so much and we can either be the victim of something or we can yeah. be the warrior of it. Right. Right. Rightfully so. Like you can, I'm not saying that you aren't the victim and you aren't going through something terrible. It's just, you have two choices and you can either choose to accept that mentality or try to fight it. And it's, easier for some than others. My journey is my own, but I think it's so important whenever you can to, to try to not wallow in the idea of being a victim because that ultimately will get you nowhere because no one's going to come and save you. Yeah. So did you, do you currently take medication for ADHD or what's your... I Right now, I don't. Also, I'm very lucky because I am in a place where my fiance makes my schedule every day <laughs> and I don't have to function kind of on my own in that sense. So I'm able to get by. Um, I did for a little while and it was fine. Um, I don't know if I, and that's a journey that I don't know if I took it correctly because I wasn't monitored, I don't think, by a doctor or therapist. And so I think if I took that journey again, now that I'm in consistent therapy, I would be much more comfortable with it. I also tried medication for my anxiety. And I, it was one of those situations for me where I was just thrown medication with no follow-up and they were like, okay, bye. Mm -hmm. And I had no one to help like monitor my journey or figure out, is this working? Is this not? And so I felt very alone and I, I didn't feel supported. And I think that's the other problem with mental health is that some, like it's easier for people just to throw medication at you, which medication is wonderful, but like you need support, you need therapy, you need monitoring because that it's 
all encompassing. It's 360. Yeah. So then you got into therapy. How long have you been in therapy? Yes. Um, I got into therapy, I would say four years ago. I took a year off because I thought I was better. <laughs> That's okay though. Cause I've been in and out yeah. of therapy, but then you're like, sometimes I, you have a therapist and you're like, I'm in a good place, but then you're like, something right. happens and you're like, eh, right. time to go back. Yeah, no, for sure. And it's not something that you have to do all the time. But my therapist quit. So I was like, oh, okay. But during the like right, like during the pandemic, I was going through a pretty hard time and I found the therapist. And also I found I didn't realize what kind of therapist I needed. And so I found a gay therapist who grew up religious, like I did, and was able to kind of help me navigate situations that were unique to me and my perspective. And it was so important. So I think, I mean, I'm a huge advocate of therapy. It's changed my life. I go every single week right now. Um, That's a luxury that I know a lot of people don't have, but it is so important to help keep me grounded and on track. Otherwise. It is a luxury. And the big silence, one of our missions and our goals is to make therapy available for everyone Mm -hmm. as it should be. And so we just did a post, a blog post last week and have had conversations because even text messages from friends or DMs, we get a lot of questions of how do I find a therapist? We do have resources on the big silence, but how did you find your therapist? Initially, I scanned my insurance's like therapist list. And that was, I think my, like that was a form of hell. And I believe that was hell on earth. Going through this list of therapists, you call them because your insurance says they accept them. And then you're, they're like, no, we're not taking insurance. It's awful. Just getting the, like, with, especially with anxiety, being able to like finally let, make yourself like dial the number, call this person just to get rejected. It was awful. So for me, I went to um, psychologytoday.com mm-hmm. and I went through therapists and I filtered by, um, I wanted a gay man. And so I was able to see all like the gay male therapists in my area and I ended up calling and I it was, I was lucky he, you know, was accepting new patients. But the other thing is it's really difficult to find therapists who take insurance. Like for me, I, I pay out of pocket because it was really hard mm-hmm. to find someone who takes insurance. And again, that's a huge luxury. And, and I would love to know resources, especially for friends who are like, I need a therapist, but how do I get one? Because for me, it was that's one of the barriers to entry. I almost didn't go to therapy because it was too hard to find someone. Yeah, definitely. And I um, I found one of my therapists that I went to probably back in 2016, 2017 through psychologytoday.com. And I loved yeah. when I called her and I'd called many people, but you want to make sure you can vibe with your therapist and you feel comfortable yeah. opening up because you are telling them everything. You have to be so honest. And, you know, sometimes I tell people, they're like, well, I don't want to go. I'm like, do you think I ever want to go to therapy? It's like, no. But once you leave, it's like, we would say you'll never regret a workout. You'll never regret a therapy session. That is so true. I look forward to them now. I used yeah. to, they used to stress me out so much. Yeah. And now I'm like, I need this. Yeah. Here's what I did wrong. Here's, here are my... <laughs> evil dark thoughts how to like fix me (laughs) and it's really nice to be able to be so transparent with someone and just to have that trust because it's fine to tell friends things it's fine to tell family but the the great thing about a therapist is they're this external 
non-biased party that just wants to make you better and also has knowledge and tools and education that like friends and family don't. Because I think so many people say, well, like, you know, that's my therapy is just my friends. And that can be a form of therapy, but really having someone who knows how the brain works, how negative thought patterns work is so powerful to help you getting getting out of the rut that you're in. Yeah, definitely. And I think because I've been to several different therapists and I like therapists that give you homework, you know? Yeah. Like not just listen to me, but like, what do I do? Yeah. <laughs> and you can like yeah, work I'm, on something. Yeah. I'm really into um, my therapist specializes in cognitive behavioral therapy. So we work a lot on my thoughts, which lead to feelings, which lead to behaviors, which lead to thoughts. So it's like this big loop. And so we're kind of just working on stopping these negative thought patterns because my, the thing that I do that I'm really good at is catastrophizing. So if mm-hmm. anything, like if there's any possibility of anything going wrong, I go to the worst case scenario every single time. I, <laughs> I'm looking at Bobby. Oh, <laughs> I am going to fail. I'm going to die. I'm going to like, just like literally whatever it is. I'm like the worst thing could happen. That's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then when it doesn't, I'm like, well, I'm glad I spent my entire day worrying about that one thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, yeah. Oh, therapy. So, so with ADHD, and now you are... <laughs> Can you tell I have a, yeah, I'm all over the place. <laughs> no, no. I, I have so many thoughts, too. And I, I want to go back to that because now you've... We'll go back to the superpower, like what you've created... And I think so many people with ADHD who possibly can't focus on, you know, one project at one time, but you, what is your process for, I mean, you've created something amazing with the fitness marshal, your process for creating workout videos. Do you have a task list? How do you stay focused on your business? Um, I think in the beginning, especially for, with my ADHD, it's, it's easy for me to hyper-focus on things when I have to or when I need to. So in the beginning, it was so much like I was in such a bad place and I needed to focus on this thing. And it was really easy to hyper-focus because of that. As I've gone on, that part has gotten much harder. I'm really good at doing things that are you know new, exciting, keep my attention. So I like doing a new song every week, coming up with a new dance. It's always new. So that helped me build my YouTube channel, which was wonderful. But what I wasn't thinking about is everything else that comes with building a business, the, the, the staff making money, um, uh, responding to emails, uh, events, like everything that comes with sustaining a business. And so I had to find people. And luckily my fiance, my now fiance, when I met him was really good at those things. And so I think it's important to know your skill set and what you're not skilled at, try to delegate. And that's really hard in the beginning. But I had friends who were able to kind of have different skill sets and pick up the slack in different areas. So for me, I really focus on what I'm good at. And that's making up dances. That is being the fitness marshal. That's bringing people joy through what I do. And a lot of the other stuff I delegate. Yeah. I think delegation is so important no matter what, when you're doing something. I've learned that over the years. Yeah. I'm not good at this. <laughs> Somebody yeah. who yeah. is who can do it better, please, you know, step in. 
And it's made me feel, and that's what I'm, I mean, literally I had therapy yesterday and it wasn't, I was not, he said, how you doing today? And I said, well, I'd like to tell you I'm doing great, but I'm not. And it's because I, it's so hard not to feel so inadequate and so incapable when again, I'm the CEO, I'm, I'm, I built this thing, but also at so many times I feel like I have no idea what I'm doing. Why, and so, why do you say you're inadequate and incapable? I think that just having ADHD makes me feel, I, I, it, it makes me feel like I don't know what the next right step is, or I don't have the executive function to prioritize and organize. And when I am the face of something, it just makes me feel like I should know how to do more than I, I, I guess I'm doing. And I think I also build it up in my head. And I think everyone knows more than I do. When in reality, I think everyone's just winging it and figuring it out on the fly. It just sometimes I think since my brain works a little bit differently, I feel less capable. And so that is really difficult for me in this position. Yeah. Well, I don't think you're inadequate. I think you're amazing. Well, thanks. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> I no, and it's good. And again, like my fiance is incredible at the scheduling and the organizing. And that is something that I need. And I think just accepting that that's his strength. My strength is something else is, is really what to focus on. So with your fiance, when you met him and you explained, I mean, I don't know if you told him you had ADHD and anxiety around that when you first met, but how do you work together? So say someone's listening and they have a partner with ADHD and their other partners, like, I just don't understand. How do you communicate that? Um, that was really hard for a long time. Because I think, I think realizing that it's not an excuse is the hardest thing. Was the hardest thing for my fiance. It was I. I think he thought that I was using my mental health as an excuse for not being able to do certain things or for dropping the ball in certain areas. And so it took him a really long time to kind of understand who I was and that I genuinely was. And if you know me, you know I am. I am trying my best at all times. Like I would never intentionally, you know, drop the ball. And so I think as we grew together in our relationship, he just learned that there were certain things that I wasn't good at. Also, going to therapy was very important for the both of us. Once once the both of us got into therapy separately, our relationship got so much better because we were able to understand each other better. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think just open communication. I wasn't hiding it. If I was anxious, I would be like, hey, Cameron, I'm anxious today because for so long, I would just, if I had feelings, I would try to keep them in because I didn't want to disturb anybody. I didn't want to inconvenience anyone, but then I would act out and I would be irritable or jumpy or in my head and he wouldn't know what was going on. And so days that I just started communicating and saying, Hey, I'm super anxious today. He'd be like, Oh, okay. Like, let me know how I can support you. Now I, now I know how you're feeling today. And so I think just being open. Is, is the biggest way. I think that's important too. So when you are saying, hey, sometimes I'll wake up and to Bobby, I'm like, I'm having anxiety this morning. But then the mm -hmm. partner doesn't have to have a cure for you right then. Just be like, you know, I'm just like, okay. If I can do anything, mm -hmm. let me know. Or if I'm acting this way, yeah. it's because I'm having anxiety. Yeah. Um, so did you... then they don't think you're doing something too... They, they don't think it's like a personal attack against them. It's like, no, I'm not being a bitch because... I'm mad at you. It's because I am so anxious. I can't function. Yeah. And so 
your fiance, it's Cameron? Yeah. Yeah. So you guys went to therapy separately. Do you go, have you gone together? Um, I think that's something that we're going to do. We haven't done it yet, but um, actually we've done a few sessions, like one off with my therapist together, which was really cool and very helpful, but not yet. Yeah. Okay. I'm switching back to your YouTube channel. Who are the ladies in your videos all the time? They are my best friends from high school. Oh my gosh. And so, yeah, yeah. so they also moved from Indiana to LA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we were all in show choir together and Haley was in it first, the blonde girl. Well, I guess Allison's blonde sometimes too. And I would always, <laughs> I would have her cause I went to IU in college and she went to Ball State. And so I would like come pick her up from Ball State, drive her to IU so she could shoot in videos with me. Or I would just like go to her, you know, place for the weekend and we'd come up with dances. And it was just this really fun thing. Like, like you're at a sleepover with your friends and you're just making up dances together. That's what I was doing in college. And they were there when the money was not there. They were there when I was like, Hey, can you just come and show up and perform? And, and be in this dance or do this live event with me. And it has been so cool to get to build this whole empire with the people that I grew up with because none of us should have gone anywhere or done anything with our lives or had the things that we have now and the experiences that we have. It is so surreal and it's so cool to be around people who understand that. It's like we're not jaded we're not we're very cautious about who we surround ourselves with and so mm-hmm. i think it's so much sweeter when you accomplish things that you're just like whoa this is crazy we're just kids from indiana <laughs> yeah <laughs> kids <laughs> from indiana are the best oh yeah i love that the everybody that is in my circle as well that i've worked with since i was in my early 20 like it's been like 18 years i i keep working with the same people and it's so nice mm-hmm. to see us go from one place to the next and achieve things together yeah. and celebrate together. I yeah. love that. I'll tell you what, it's so it's so cool to go on a journey like with people. I mean especially when you're starting. It's 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 the coolest thing because it feels like we're all experiencing this together and it's so much sweeter. I also just love shared experiences. So I would much rather do whatever I'm doing with a bunch of people than try to just do it on my own and keep everything for myself. Because then who's there to share that with? Like it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's just not fun when you're the only one at the top of the mountain. I hundred percent agree. It's, it's lonely if you're the only one. It's lonely. So live events, have you, do you have any live events coming up? So I have been begging, <laughs> I've been begging Cameron. To, to schedule a tour. So I, I mean, that's how we started was doing live events all through like 2016 to 2020. And then after the pandemic, we just stopped doing any live performances. And that was awful because that was what brought me joy. Just seeing the people in person, mm-hmm. seeing them do the dances, seeing them smile because it's really hard to dance on to like dance to a camera. Like yesterday we hit 4 million subscribers on YouTube. And it was really like, that's an insane number of people, but nothing beats being in a room with a hundred people and then Mm -hmm. just dancing along with you. And so we just did an event, a private event uh, last week in Salt Lake City and 1100 people were there in the crowd dancing. And I was just like, wow, this is the best feeling. And it, it brought me so much joy. So 
2023 tour is absolutely happening. You heard it here first. Yeah. January. Okay. All right. January. Are you coming to Austin? Oh, yeah. Yeah. If we go to Texas, I think because, you know, we've never been to Austin before. Am I a liar? <laughs> no. Am I a liar? Are you overthinking? I think we've, oh. I know we, we've done, we do Dallas and Houston <laughs> usually when we go to Texas. Gotta come to Austin. But I feel like Austin makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we're going to come to Austin. Okay. Yes. I'm making, see, but I have no authority. Like, <laughs> I have no power in these decisions. Yes, so. you do. You're the CEO. Then <laughs> cameras are coming here and be like, do you know, do you know, we're not going to Austin? <laughs> I know. No. I, I always am like, yes, I'll, we'll do it. We'll yeah. do it. And then I'm yeah. like, no. <laughs> I'm, yeah. And Cameron's like, okay, like, great. But have you looked at the numbers? What's the demographics? What's the revenue? What are the venues? And I'm like, well, I just want to do it. <laughs> exactly. All right. So how many times per week or how often do you upload to YouTube so everyone can go work out to your new videos? Um, it used to be once a week, every Tuesday. And then Caleb had a mental health moment that lasted the last six months. And I've just been a little bit slower. So it's been like once every two weeks or or just kind of as needed. And now I'm just... uh, We're shooting a video actually today that I'm really excited about. But usually on Tuesdays, but not every Tuesday. What we do do is a live stream every single week on Wednesdays and sometimes Fridays. And that's for our booty army members so if you're like a channel member on youtube you can subscribe and get like 30 minute and 60 minute live streams with us and that brings me so much joy because it's us there's no cuts it's you working out with us live almost like you're in a class with us and that's when all of the genuine moments happen we mess up we laugh i get package deliveries my (laughs) doctor's calling to refill my prescription it's just like it's chaos in the best way. And so that's what has really brought me joy since the pandemic. Yeah. All right. We'll put that in the show notes too. And we all should join. What time is it on Wednesdays? We do it at 3 p.m. P- uh, Pacific. Pacific. Okay. Yes. And sometimes we do 10 a.m. Pacific sessions. Yeah. And I want to go back. You had a mental health moment. I just want to let everyone know I've had mental health moments. I had to cancel an event that I was going to that Jewel, the singer-songwriter, was doing. And had I was like, I can't believe I'm canceling on Jewel. Yeah. But she texted me and she's like, I get it. She had a mental health moment too and had to cancel production for a week. And, you know, she even yeah. she was like, you have to listen to what you need. And I think as yeah. a creator like yourself, it's hard because you put a lot of pressure on yourself and especially when it's a weekly thing and then there's like this guilt you carry. But I think it's really important to learn to, it's okay. It's okay. It's so hard. I, yeah, I mean, you get the pressure. I I put so much pressure on myself. I'm like, there's so many people counting on me. I'm like, this is my thing. I, I This is my gift to the world. This is what I'm supposed to be able to just do. And it's really hard, especially when people look up to you and think that you've done all these incredible things and you're kind of their pillar of strength and you are just human and you crumble and you break too. And it's really difficult to give yourself the grace because we can say that online. We can be like, give yourself time, but we, but do we like actually do it? It's really hard. And I think we need to give ourselves the same love and support that we tell the people who follow us to give themselves because it's it's okay 
And that's been really hard for me to accept. Yeah, but that is so important because we have to take care of ourselves first to keep being that person for everyone else. And yeah. I, in the beginning of our, our chat, I believe you said that um, something along the lines of mental health is an ongoing ongoing process. Yeah. It's something you yeah. have to. It's not like you go to therapy for a year and you're better. It's not like you get on some kind of meditation, meditation, medication, whatever it may be, <laughs> and you're fine. It's, it's consistent yeah. work. You know, so I yeah. think it's really important that everyone knows it's it's a hard job, but it's yeah, hard. it's it's not supposed to be. It's kind it's kind of like I mean, well, exercise is like I find I found a way to make it fun, but it's just a part of your routine. Your mental health has to be a part of your routine, even when I mean, like the past six months, I had been going through a hard time. I wasn't sleeping well. I was just so anxious, and so I had to redo my routine. I had to before bed, instead of scrolling on my phone, I had to start meditating. Did I want to do that instead of watching TikTok? Absolutely not. But I needed to. And so it's just it's prioritizing yourself and realizing that if you want to sustain this level of getting better, or this level of wellness, you have to keep putting in the work even when you think, oh, like yesterday was a good day. Great. In order to make tomorrow a good day, you still have to do these things. and. Eventually, after you fall back down enough times, you realize that, okay, I'm in this for the long haul. And that's what happened to me. It was just years and years of thinking I could do quick fixes until I surrendered. And I was like, okay, this is this is what I have to carry. How do I manage it? Yeah. Do you have a morning routine that you try to stick to? Um, I started working out in the mornings, just do, not even like doing my job of working out, just finding my own workout that I like. And I used to only work out later in the day. I don't know why, but now doing morning workouts really helps me get my day started. And when I stick to that, I find that I have a much better day because I'm up, I'm ready, I'm started. I think also having, um, I try to drink water in the morning, but I also love getting up and having my morning coffee just to get my brain going. I think I have made a real conscious effort to not grab my phone and scroll the moment I wake up. And that is so hard. hard. And it's not realistic because I don't, like some days I just like will grab it. But I think just taking a moment to breathe in the morning, whether that's while you're making coffee, while you're taking your dogs outside, is so important not to just wake up and do this. Because then you're immediately like anxiety. What do I have to do today? What have I yeah. missed? And it's not a good way to start your day. So what does the official the fitness marshal do for your personal workout? Are you dancing and singing? Or are you... For my personal workout? Um... <laughs> No, I, I really, what I found is I like to love to go to classes mm -hmm. because what I used to do is go to the gym and lift weights and like do just do my own thing. And I don't know why it took me so long to realize that someone that has ADHD, when you go to a gym and you are left to your own devices, your day is gone. <laughs> like your whole day is gone. And I would go to the gym and it'd take three hours. And I swear to you, I would do literally nothing but i was like yeah i was at the gym for three hours today and then it's like you didn't do anything so now i just go i'll take like a little boot camp class or i'll do like a strength class and it'll be like 30 minutes or i'll take an online fitness class and that'll make me have a good time but i really love to mix it up because i dance so much so i like doing yeah. things that are not dancing related yeah no i feel you and um, sometimes i do tone it up workouts or i do yoga but then i also to mix it up 
and motivate myself because during the pandemic, I like stopped working out for a little bit. Um, <laughs> so I have a trainer. <laughs> I have a trainer that helps motivate nice. me. I always say trainers need trainers, and you know, like therapists need therapists. It's yes, <laughs> it's so important. I didn't realize how much I love that because I yeah, I never, I didn't start getting or going to classes until twenty. 21 until like yeah like once things open back up and then i was like wow i have so much more time in the day because someone else is in charge of my workout (laughs) i love it well caleb any final words to the audience here just that you are loved and whatever you're going through you are not crazy you are not the only one on your journey and we are all dealing with stuff and we're in this together so Love you and we got this. Yeah. Thank you, Fitness Marshall. Thank you for joining us today and every Wednesday. If you or anyone you know needs help now, text HERO to 741-741 to connect with a crisis counselor. Our crisis text line is private and confidential. If you loved this episode or think a loved one could benefit from listening, please share and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the.big.silence. Head over to thebigsilence.com to sign up for our newsletter to stay in the loop for live events coming up and details on the release of my memoir, The Big Silence. And as always, we'd love a like, subscribe, and leave a review on anywhere the podcast can be found. I love you, and I will see you next Wednesday. One, two, three, sing it. Here's to radical self-love. The type of love that will defeat anxiety. The type of love that defeats depression. This is the one life. This is the moment. This is the time to dig in, to be who you already are. The big silence. Breathe in, breathe out. Breathe in, breathe out. The big silence. The big silence.